Well, good morning and welcome to St. Paul's. My name is Ben. It's good to see so many of you here gathered together uh, to worship God this Thanksgiving. A lot of families, I see in, uh, multiple generations, maybe some college students here home for the holidays. A warm welcome if you're visiting especially, and even if you're just joining us online. Happy Thanksgiving. Well, Thanksgiving is that time of the year when we look back over the past 12 months and we get a chance to name the good things and the good people in our lives. Maybe it's a spot on the team, our good health, our good friends. But what do we do with the things that we don't really expect? In today's reading that JJ read from, uh, from Luke, we hear how Jesus performed these, this miraculous healing for two men. And after these encounters, people said, we have seen strange things today. Over the past two weeks, if you've been here and you can look on YouTube, Tyler had described how Jesus had come to proclaim the good news of God in word and in miraculous deeds, miracles. Jesus had already healed lots of people. He had even driven out demons. So what was so strange and unexpected this time? Miracles are by definition unexpected. What was the stranger thing? Well, the stranger thing is that the good news of God is so much more than we can expect. In these two encounters, one very intimate and one very public, we see that it's broader, it's deeper than we expect. And that is good news. The first encounter in that scripture reads like a history book. It seems so far removed for the 21st century medical science, leprosy. Leprosy was not well understood in ancient times. It was this catch-all term for any number of skin diseases. But leprosy was a big deal for the Israelites. It was highly contagious. And there are two full chapters about leprosy in Leviticus, one of the law books in the Bible that we have. And this is from Leviticus 13. The person who has the leprous disease shall remain unclean. As long as he has the disease, he is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. This ancient law was passed down hundreds of years before Jesus when Israelites were still living in a moving tent city in the desert. This was a public health regulation to prevent the spread of disease. Leprosy was basically the equivalent of COVID. If you had COVID, stay at home, isolate. Lepers couldn't come near, or they couldn't associate with other people. Don't touch me, don't even breathe on me, stay away. In our short memory, many of us can't imagine anything worse than the pits of pandemic lockdown. But leprosy wasn't a 10-day isolation. Lepers were outcasts. They were literally cast out, thrown out of their own community. Lepers had already lost their health. They had the skin disease, but now they also lost family. They lost friends. They lost their homes. They lost jobs. And so this leper hears about Jesus, this teacher, this miracle healer, and he comes to Jesus. He's breaking all the isolation rules. And he bows his face before Jesus, probably because he's also disfigured. He's got leprosy from head to toe. And he asks, Lord, if you choose, you can make me clean. And 
here's this small detail that tears me up. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. Jesus chose to reach out and touch the leper even when this leper was still unclean, still disfigured, still covered with leprosy. And Jesus does the same for us today. He reaches out, he touches us to make us clean. And Jesus doesn't wait for us to be clean, to be pure or perfect. Jesus reaches out to us in whatever state we're in and he takes our uncleanness, our messiness, and he makes us clean by giving us his pure perfection. If we go back into the story with Jesus in the leper, maybe you're asking as you're thinking back for the past few weeks, why didn't Jesus just rebuke the disease? Like he did that for Simon Peter's mother-in-law. You know, just say, be made clean, done. Well, Jesus knew that this, these ancient health regulations, because of this man's social isolation, social and physical distancing, he hadn't been touched in years. No handshakes, good to meet you. No high fives, no fist bumps, not even elbow bump. No physical contact at all. Do you remember that first hug after the pandemic? Do you remember the joy that you felt when you had that first hug after so many months apart? Well, that was the first thing that Jesus gave that man. Jesus reached out and touched him even before healing him because Jesus knew that the social wounds as an outcast, the wounds of social isolation were so much worse than physical disease. Jesus healed his physical disease in an instant. He did that, but he recognized that social isolation. And towards the end of that, that encounter, Jesus tells him to go see the priest, basically Toronto Public Health, to make sure that his isolation period was officially over. So we have in that very short encounter with the leper, Jesus, he shows that the good news is broader than we expect because Jesus reached out to the edges of society, the outcast, the marginalized, touched them in their isolation and brings them back into the fold. The good news of God, of healing and restoration is more than just for our physical wounds, our physical bodies. Jesus also cares about the fabric of our social relationships. The next encounter with the paralyzed man is definitely the more dramatic of the two. With the leper, we had kind of pinch zoom to see the details. It was a close-up encounter between Jesus and the leper, but here now we have this big crowd gathered to hear Jesus teach. Even the academics, the educated Pharisees, the scribes, they're all there. Imagine the scene. They're all inside, craning in, listening to Jesus, and they're shouting above them. And then the pounding of a hammer. And if you live in an apartment building or you're in a condo, you probably experienced this over the past few months. Maybe it was during an online class or it was during a Zoom meeting. Don't they know we're trying to concentrate here? And then like a Property Brothers renovation gone wrong on HDTV, chunks of ceiling start falling. There are bits of tile falling to people's hair and at first nobody wants to look up because you're gonna get a chunk of dust in your eye. But there's a growing hole in your roof and they can see these four friends hard at work. And Jesus keeps teaching and talking until finally this man is right in front of him. 
on a bed. And once again, Jesus does something unexpected. Actually, he does two unexpected things here. He looks up at these friends, this renovation crew that just made this brand new skylights, and he sees their faith. No mention about the faith of that man on the bed, that paralyzed man. And this is one example of how the faith of others might be able to carry us when we're weak. How friends and family, how what we have here at St. Paul's connect groups, how others can sustain and support us when we're struggling, when we're doubting, maybe when we're paralyzed. But the other surprising thing is also what he says to the paralyzed man. Your sins are forgiven you. Everyone's a bit shocked and confused. Your sins are forgiven. First of all, the the friends are, hey, Jay, we brought him in through the roof because he can't walk. He's paralyzed. Simple observation. But the Pharisees are also thinking, no one can forgive sins but God alone. No, these are Pharisees who had studied all the laws and all the books. They were definitely correct. Only God can forgive sins. And Jesus could have just left him alone. The paralyzed man, he had been forgiven. That's pretty important. But Jesus plays the mentalist. He reads their minds and he challenges them. Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven you or to say, stand up and walk. And there's this big irony in this big stage in front of all this crowd. It is easier to say, your sins are forgiven. But no one can see it. It's like David Blaine levitating at home, alone. Or Houdini disappearing forever, never to come back. You couldn't really prove or disprove it. So Jesus shows that he's not just a slick magician, a smooth talker. He proves that he can forgive sins. That he can heal the deeper, invisible reality of that man's soul. And he proves his invisible power by healing. By healing the visible reality of that man's paralyzed body. Healing the paralyzed man is how Jesus shows his authority to also forgive sins. It's how he shows that he had the power of God Almighty. The Pharisees were indeed correct. Only God could forgive sins. And here, Jesus is showing that he has that same authority as God. So from these encounters, we already see that the good news of God is broader and it's deeper than we expect. Jesus heals our visible wounds, our physical wounds, but he also cares for our entire, our whole being. He heals our invisible, our social wounds, that isolation that we feel. And he also heals our invisible spiritual wounds by forgiving us. See, God made humans as physical and spiritual beings. Each one of us is an indivisible amalgam of body and soul. And Jesus proclaims that the good news of God is that there is healing for each and every part of us. We are psychosomatic beings, basically Mind and body. And if either side goes wrong, the other is affected. And we even have medical, medical research cluing in now. We have PTSD, how psychological trauma causes a real physical response. And there's an increasing research about this gut-brain axis. It's not just about chocolate made, making you happy, but that stress affects your gut bacteria and how what you eat can affect your personality and your behavior. 
Look it up. It's a real thing. Gut-brain axis. But there's also the hidden, the spiritual wounds, the sin that isolates and distances us from God. These invisible wounds that paralyze us, that make us feel unclean. And we have this variety of wounds, some visible on our bodies, some invisible. And Jesus' care and his healing for our whole being is one reason why we have a health ministry at St. Paul's. We have a grief share and divorce care programs to help mend the emotional and social fabric of our lives when we experience the pain of loss or the pain of separation. We have music therapy and yoke yoga which recognize the physical dimensions of a vibrant life that God intends for us. Jesus heals more than our visible physical wounds. He cares for our whole being. So what are you holding on to? What are you holding on to today that needs Jesus' healing? Maybe you're not as popular as you thought you'd be or you were, not as gifted as your parents had hoped for, your best friend moving away or moved on from you. A job rejection, a career ambition derailed. Maybe it's a string of bad breakups, the same wounds, the same pains. It could be an estranged child or maybe even a lost child. There is good news for you in all of that. In all of your whatever situation that you're in, there is good news for you that you don't need to compartmentalize your life. You don't need to separate what is good and what is bad in your life with Jesus your family, your, fail- your finances, your failures, or your fears. Jesus cares for all of it. He can handle all of it. Your desires, your hopes, your aches. Jesus can handle more than your parents can handle. He can handle more than your spouse or your partner can handle. He can handle all your complexities, all the complicated facets of your life. And he reaches out even before we're cleaned up. Jesus wants to take all the messy and complicated parts, the broken parts of our lives, because those are the deepest wounds that we hide from ourselves, and Jesus wants to heal them. He won't necessarily be be healing you immediately, all right away, because we're in the middle of D-Day and V-Day, if you know World War II. The troops have arrived, but the troops have arrived. Hope is on the horizon, but the war is not yet won. But still, the good news of God is that it is so much more than we expect. It is broader, it is deeper than we expect. Jesus desires healing for all of us, for all parts of us. So today, later on, as uh, Jenny explains and explores some of the practices that we have about our Eucharist, about our family meal together, we will all be invited. All are welcome at the communion table. There is something for everyone. If you're feeling unclean or you're doubting or you're paralyzed, maybe you feel unworthy of Jesus. Come on up. The invitation is for you. Even if you're not baptized, there is something for you. We would love to pray for you and give you a blessing. But also all parts of you, all parts of you are welcome at the Lord's table. Not just the presentable parts, the neatly tucked away parts, but also the skeletons in your closet, the mess in your attic. Bring all of yourself to Jesus. Jesus chooses to draw near and reach out to us to heal all of us, to heal all parts of us. Thanks be to God.